All right, guys, congratulations. You've made it to week eight. Give yourself a smack on the back, a high five, whatever you got to do. I think we started off with close to 35 guys, and we've got, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21? 21. That's fine. Group will be available next year. We'll do it again. And again. Yeah. So that's that's why we need to get these recordings available. If they do want to hear what they missed, it would be available. So Gabe, we need to make this happen this week. In fact, I'm, I'm holding you responsible to hold me accountable. And, and if it, that don't work, then I'll sick him on here and we'll see if he can't make it happen. You should have asked earlier. We didn't already have them all up. Okay. Well, I know we've been busy and there's been a lot going on, but this week we'll make time. We'll make it happen. So. Good job on the this one, Barry. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I thought it went good. It was very exciting. I was pumped. No regrets. Um, chapter 8. I'm going to do my best. Oh, because at the end, we've got a little exercise that any of you guys want to participate in. It will be available. We're going to have a little fire pit that you're going to be given some instruction that you can write some things down, burn it, and get some closure in your life. And I'll give that explanation a little later concerning soul ties, but I'm going to try to give you at least 15, 20 minutes to do that. Right now, time-wise, I've lost 12, uh, 12 minutes, so I've got a lot of stuff to go through. Again, I don't know all what I'll cover. We'll see how the Spirit leads, and we'll hit what we hit, and if you did the lesson, you, you should know it anyway. But we're going into no regrets here, and again, this whole chapter is all about relationships and we're focusing specifically on this issue of the opposite sex what our stance and our our interaction when it comes with women and seeking out a mate and all the ins and outs of waiting on God to provide that little miss right and the whole journey that we are all on, uh, this is a big deal. Earlier on in group, when we did it years ago, we primarily were having 30 and under people coming through group. And we had a boatload of college students. And in that time and in that day, the dating scene was hot and heavy, even for Christians when we had a lot of Lee University students coming through the horror stories that we heard of young people going to college and hooking up flippantly uh, and engaging in, in multiple relationships just for the, the point of having fun and having a good time because they bought into a massive lie of the world that tells us this is how you go out, this is what the world says, this is how you have fun, it feels good, do it. And what we saw not only in the college age group, but we saw in our local church, and this was something my wife, it, 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 it 
bore very heavy on her soul and heart. It's the whole issue of how our young people at the ages of 12, 13, 14 years old, and especially being involved in youth ministry, were getting caught up in this worldly mindset of dating. Okay, now I know there's our natural progression of, of growing up and finding a woman that you love and you get married. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But this worldly concept of dating and, and just engaging in multiple relationships and buying into what the media displays, what movies show us, what music tells us, we saw this was a big problem in our youth group because we saw 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-olds engaging in emotional, getting physical, holding hands, kissing, and then we got all the horror stories of what was going on behind closed doors and then, of course, all the teenage pregnancies that we witnessed going on in our local Church of God Pentecostal church. And we said, we got a problem, Houston. We got a problem when the pastor gets up in front of the whole congregation and points out 13-year-olds sitting on the front pew and knows that their boyfriend and girlfriend and says, this is cute. Isn't this great? No, this ain't cute. This ain't great. We got problems, Houston. And we saw these kids crash and burn. We saw 13-year-olds, 12-year-olds going out with 15-year-olds and heard the horror stories of the sexual abuse that went on and anorexic, bulimic results and the teenage pregnancies, and it's a problem. This is one of the reasons why we, God gave us this chapter. It's to not only to try to inform singles, but parents need to know the truth on these issues. If you're going to grow up and have kids... You need to know how the devil operates and he's coming for your kids just as they did in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. My wife had a revelation one time and this is another reason. This, this is her chapter, okay? And the Lord showed her, said, look, just like the times of Sodom and Gomorrah where the angels came to Sodom and Gomorrah, came to Lot and knocked on the, uh, came to deliver Lot and his, her, his daughters and his wife and said, you've got to leave Sodom You've got to leave Sodom and Gomorrah where God's going to bring judgment. And the Bible tells us that as these angels came, they were men, that the, the, the land and the town was so perverse that the men of that town came knocking at Lot's door, begging him and beating at the door to have sexual relationships with these angels. Of course, they didn't know they were angels. And stupid Lot takes his daughters and he hands them over to the Sodomites to have their way with them. And a lot, in the same way, if we're not careful, we'll be guilty of the same thing as Christians, that when we live in such a perverse generation, wicked things, that we're not quick to hand our kids over to a worldly system that's very perverted and the enemy is working in so many ways, and we're going to touch on some of them tonight, to get access into your kids' lives for one reason, to kill, steal, and destroy, and it's done through relationships. It's all about relationship, right guys? So we're going to hit this, and if the shoe fits, wear it. If it don't, throw it to somebody else, because they'll probably need it. You heard me say that last week. 
We're all at various stages of life. And you can make application of God's Word no matter the way you look at it. Now, I'm going to read this statement. It's something I wrote this afternoon. It goes like this. It's not in the manual. It's something I just wrote down spontaneously. And it goes like this. In regards to our relationships with the opposite sex in the past, present, and future, it is extremely important, important that we guard our hearts and we choose to walk in purity. It is in this area the enemy, the devil, demons, your enemy, will try to trip you up and bring you down by appealing to your flesh. Now you may be married, but you still got a flesh, and the devil is using every means possible to get access into your home, into your marriage, and if you look at statistically speaking, we've got a problem, Houston, when marriages, Christian marriages in America are failing at the rate of 50% or more, sometimes more than what the world is. And the reason for that is there's a lot of the world just living together, not even getting married, so those statistics don't count. But statistically speaking, married couples who get married, we got a 50% divorce rate. Now, we've got to ask ourselves why. Is that God's best? No. The enemy has gotten... Now, it, for whatever reason, divorce takes place... It grieves the heart of God. It has effect on children, families, and oftentimes there will be a vicious cycle that can repeat and visit generation after generation and you see these same patterns for whatever reason. The devil's good at what he does, but we got to be smarter and to know and understand the wiles of the enemy so that we can guard ourselves, not only ourselves personally, but we have to protect our children and our grandchildren and we need to be smarter than the devil. Amen? So this is all we're endeavoring to do is to present some principles here. Our key scriptures. This is <coughs> scripture that Tommy quoted last week. It's one of our key scriptures. It says this, Song of Solomon 2 and 7, Do not arouse or awaken love until it's so desired. I think we all know what that means. There's a time in your life we've all been given God-given desires. They're natural desires. But if you stir these desires prematurely and subjecting yourself to the enemy's ways and his devices and his temptations and you endeavor to have these desires met outside of God's will and God's timing and ultimately through the confines of the holy covenant marriage, then it's ultimately sin. And you've got big problems. Psalms 119 says this, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. There's plenty of scripture in regards to purity and wholeness. And what our response and our duty is as men, godly men, that we're to walk in purity in regards to sexual purity, righteousness, how we conduct ourselves, how we view women. Guys, how we view women can be governed and dictated by philosophies of this world, what you've been exposed to through media, through movies, music. Some music out there is so vulgar, you have to guard your heart. Colossians 2 and 8 says this, See that, it, <coughs> see that no one takes you captive through hollow 
and deceptive philosophies which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. In regards to our relationship with the opposite sex, that scripture rings true because the world will tell you this is what's acceptable, this is how you do life, this is how you view women. Many times we view women as sex options, objects. Guys, women are not sex toys for us to indulge our pleasures upon and meet our every need. God didn't raise women that way. They're, they're given to us as helpmates. Of course, there are women and you need a male and a female to procreate. But they're given to us as companions, helpmates in the world and its perverseness has turned sex into something that is dirty and shameful. And I'm telling you, sex is not meant to be shameful. Those desires were given by God. The only problem is, is that when perversion comes into play, this is what the enemy does. His goal is always to take what is pure, what is whole and right, and pervert it. Perversion is not just sex. Show perversion. You used to think, <coughs> excuse me, I got a bit of a cough this week. We used to think when we heard the word perversion, they automatically linked it to sexual perversion. But perversion in and of itself is anything that is meant and intended for, for what is right, pure, and the way God created it. And the enemy comes and twists it to be something that it was never intended to be. And it becomes a perversion. And that can be anything. This is why homosexuality and Lesbianism is such a perversion because what they do and how they conduct themselves is so contrary to God's given intent. It's so obvious. And this is where we normally will relate this word perversion to because it's so blatantly. But let's make no mistake about it. Anything that we take that's whole, pure, and righteous, we twist it into something that God never intended, it becomes a perversion. And perversion can touch any of us and every, of us, every one of us. So let's keep going. We've, we've specifically wanted to touch on this world system of dating. Now, how many of you guys here are old enough to remember this word, courtship? It sounds old. It sounds fuddy-duddy. It sounds irrelevant. But really, when you look at the world system of dating, which is basically this mentality, just there's no commitment. Let's just have a good time. Let's just have fun. And like I said, back years ago, you would have kids that would every other week be hooking up, not necessarily having sex, but oftentimes could lead to that, getting excessively emotionally involved, physically involved with no intent that this could be someone else's wife in the future. Let's just have fun now. If it feels good, do it. <coughs> and that's the mindset. Still today, a lot of of the world system of, of dating. That's the mindset. Because there is no right and wrong, right? It's, it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. Who needs to be married? We'll shack. See, but God has a plan for man. And his plan is this old time word called courtship, <clears throat> where two individuals enter into a relationship with the permission, not necessarily always the permission, but you'd like to have the approval of the parents, that we're going to engage in relationship. 
for the purpose of exploring that this could be my lifelong covenant marriage partner and your intent is to explore that possibility. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a, a godly way to, to proceed in that that can protect you, protect the other person. And so that's the difference between a worldly system dating and old time. Anybody got any comments? Even you understand what I'm talking about? It's all good? Exactly. Why? Tell me why you wouldn't do that. Because, like Solomon says, the time is not right. Uh, you're not you're not prepared or planned to possibly get married in middle school or high school. You're not uh, prepared or planned to raise children at that point. Uh, it's at the point to where you could you're ready to enter into a covenant relationship. Why would you try to explore if you want to marry somebody if you're not ready to get married? That's exactly right. If Unless you've bought into the world system of dating and a worldly philosophy that says this is what you do when you're young people. This is what your friends are doing. This is what all your schoolmates are doing. This is what the movies tell us you do. This is what the music world tells you to do. And you've bought into a lie. And if you buy into that lie, the enemy is going to set a trap. And it's a matter of time, somebody's going to get hurt. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Is that okay? Grandpas, do we need to know this? Fathers, do we need to know this? Single guys, you really need to know this? So really, this subject is relevant for everybody in this room because knowledge and truth counts. It matters. You shall know the truth is true. Make free. So let's keep going. I'm going to move this as quickly as possible. And again, I may not get through all this because there's a lot to chew here. And you've got opportunity to take this home. You can read through it yourself. And I'm going to try to stay to the time limit. So don't get scared here. If we get stuck on something, just know you've got the manual. If I don't get to it, that's fine. Man-centered versus God-centered. We decided to focus our attention on, on, this, on this chapter on the world system of dating because of its negative effects on people emotionally, physically. This is where it can affect you guys. It'll affect you emotionally. Physically and spiritually. Colossians 2 and 8 instructs us as a warning to see that no one takes you captive to hollow and deceptive philosophies. We read that earlier uh, in Colossians 2 and 8. I'm not going to go through that anymore. Uh, negative seeds that dating can plant in a relationship can grow into fruits of emotional wounds, excessive physical involvement, insecurity issues, sexually transmitted diseases, unwanted pregnancies, abortion, and even later in life, divorce. Our goal is to challenge you to pursue God's best in relationships by dealing with the intentions of your heart and to encourage you to walk according to God's wisdom. Now here's this challenge. Listen to this. Whether single, married, divorced, parent, grandparent, your family or you may be suffering from regrets. Please take into consideration that the world system of dating may be one of the enemy's principal deceptions to destroy families today. Think about it. Deception or not. Now think about it. You have a person, a young person, or a young adult. And, a lot, and these days, a lot of people are waiting longer and longer to get married. Now I know Carl waited a real long time. And God knew exactly what he was doing in Carl's life. And he found that right one at 50, 
50 years old or however old, I don't want to tell your age. And he's as happy as a lark. And he waited all this time. And that's fine. But some of us are waiting. I got married when I was 18. Some of us these days are waiting till you're 25, 30 plus years old to get married. Now, in that time, opportunities are going to come to have a relationship. And it's been our experience in the past, like I said, dealing with so many people and ministering to so many people, that you could have relationships where you have a relationship, break up, 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 have a relationship, and to the tune of 10, 15, 20, 30, as many as three to 500 sexual partners I've ministered to people with that many. And what happens is you got big problems. you got emotional problems. I've, I've talked to young men who, who walk in purity, uh, didn't have a good, didn't make good choices when they were younger, and as a result, they got sexually transmitted disease and gave their good godly woman a sexual transmitted disease with much regret. Now, he loves God, spirit-filled, repented a long time ago. But a result is his, he gave his wife a disease. And you try to live with that. You think he's got some regrets? You've got emotional fragmentation that takes place. And what happens is if you buy into the lie that if you could just get in relationship after relationship, what happens is insecurities, fear, hurt, people get wounded, you have trust issues. You've got physical ramifications. There was just an, a study that came out by a secular psychologist that took a massive survey on multiple secular campuses in regards to this issue of depression that has smitten these young people. And you know what they linked it to? Casual sex. Hooking up. This isn't a biblical Christian organization that came out with this information. This is secular information. And so you've got depression, guilt, and shame because God gives you a conscience. And so what happens is, if you've lived in a vicious, get in a relationship, break up, get in a relationship, break up, and you have no godly foundation, no boundaries, no protection, and there's been emotional, physical, and ultimately spiritual connection with these people, then by the time you get with your marriage partner, who you really think this is the one, 15 people later, 20 later, 100 later, you think that's funny. That's the truth. There's people that do this. Then by the time you try to give yourself wholly to this person, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, because you've given yourself to all these other people, what you're doing is you bring all those people you have involvement with, all your experiences, all your memories, all your pain, all your heart, all your mistrust, all your sexual diseases. And now you're joining that with this person here. And you think you've got any hope to make this thing work without it failing eventually if you don't deal with this stuff. And this is the problem people have is they don't realize the effect that this has had. So let's keep going. Is this good so far? Now, let's look at this. Walking in the Spirit equals God-centered relationships equals no regrets. That's a fact. Guys, if you walk in the Spirit, you're going to have God-centered relationships and you're going to avoid many regrets. Versus walking in the flesh, if you live in this world, 
And you allow your flesh to rule, you guys, and your biggest appetite, this is a fact, is your sexual appetite or your attraction to women. This is the big, the, one of the three biggest instincts a man has is, is to have sex, to procreate, be turned on by women. This is totally natural. To eat food, to sustain yourself, and to, be a, and to protect yourself from dying. They say these are the three main things that will drive a, a person. But sex is on top of the list. The devil knows it. There's too many stories you've heard of good men, preachers, pastors, ordinary people, you name it, politicians, you name it, through the years. The Bible is full of it. King David's one of them. The enemy is going to pull on your flesh, and it's in this area of your sexual appetite or your attraction to women. And if you don't get things straight, get it right, and walk in God's best, which equals holiness and purity, which equals no regrets, then if you don't do it God's way, you're going to have regrets. You're going to have big problems. Some of you may be married in this room right now, and you're happily married, may have been married for a while, but there are things that take place in your marriage and your reactions and responses that are a result from past relationships. And unless you deal with it, it could be there until you die or until you get divorced. So we need to deal with this stuff. Now, I'm going to take a little moment to just tell you and share a story. And again, if we don't get into all this, this is fine. God knows what we need to hear tonight. Okay? And you've got the book, read it. Well, we had an incident arise in my personal family this week that we, we not only had to deal with the incident in regards to a married couple in our family, a relative, <clears throat> where the husband <clears throat> has had an affair on his wife. And it had been going on for some months. Raising the church, knew better, went to church, got two young children, seven, eight years old, daughter and a son, and had a busy, busy work schedule. Traveled a lot around the nation. Wasn't at home a whole lot. I mean, it's just ready to happen. The enemy's just ready to eat his lunch. Overworked, tired, and he's got a history of divorce in his family. He's got a history of illicit affairs that went on. And he made this statement. I will never, because he was a product, he was a, a victim or a, a recipient of a divorce between his mom and his dad. He made this statement. I will not be like my father. Now it's one thing to have an intent to do what is right before God. And it's another thing to point your finger out of a judgmental, critical spirit. And what you do, if, if, if you judge, if you if if ever make a statement or a vow, in a vow that you're pointing the finger at somebody else and you don't protect your heart and say, God, by the grace of God and the mercy of God, I will not fall victim to what my father went into. You could, you could be open to it, a, a demonic attack. This is what happened to him. Nobody dreamed he would do this. Good, loved his kids. Beautiful wife. Great successful career. And now what he's done is he's working with a co-worker, young lady, and he had to work with her every day, away from home. 
And here comes the devil. Got into his life. Who knows? I think he was looking at pornography. We had suspicions knowing the family all his life. I'm pretty sure pornography had a factor in it. Has an affair. And because of his guilt and his shame, and he would cry over what he did but wouldn't stop it, finally came clean with his mom, who came clean and told us, we sat down with this couple just after we came here from Australia and made ourselves available to help them. And the wife made it very clear that she was willing to work it out, to give God a chance, but she just needed to know that her husband still wanted her and loved her. They had not been intimate for some months. She knew there was a problem, and finally it all comes out, and it's a mess. And we didn't want to tell our family members and uh, we had to break the news to some of my family members this week. And needless to say, it was messy. It was very painful and hurtful. Well, you've got to realize, not only, guys, does your sin and your momentary pleasures affect you personally and spiritually. And to say all this, oh, okay, let me finish that statement. But it will affect your kids, it will affect your wife, and it will affect everybody in your family because... It is not a pretty thing. Now, the problem he's got now is because he come up to such guilt and shame, which God's given him a conscience, just stop sinning, okay? Repent. You know what he does? He tries to put a band-aid on it because he's in the medical industry. He's hooked on drugs. He's hooked on anxiety pills, depression pills, trying to calm himself. So he can deal with his sin. Isn't that how the enemy works? So he's trying to put a band-aid on. Instead of just repenting, do the right thing. Because of pride in his heart, which his father had a problem with. Pride will stop you guys. It'll, it'll stop you dead in your tracks. And he, instead of humbling himself, he kept giving into it. And as a result, his wife's given up. She's filed for divorce. The children had to know. The children are devastated. The parents are devastated. The cousins are devastated. The, mom, the brothers and sisters were all crying, weeping, and it's not pretty, guys. That's what I went through this week, having to break the news of something so horrific. And it was a, it was a generational thing that not only had to do with his dad, but his dad made those same statements about his father. I'm not going to be like my father. <coughs> There are generational curses we were talking about earlier that can visit families to try to repeat cycles of sin. And if you're not aware of it, the enemy can eat your lunch. Keep going. Let's go to the next page. Okay, look at the soul search here. When people search for love and acceptance, they usually seek something or someone, which is natural... To fulfill a God-given need. Okay? God has created us with need. That's not the problem. What you want to do is reflect on any relationships in your past. And again, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, don't worry about it. Circle any needs you are trying to fill. But here's the reality. When we engage in relationships with opposite sex, usually the right reason would be is you want companionship. God's given you that desire and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're, 
if your motives for engaging in opposite was anything other than to explore, is this the woman that I'm going to make covenant with for life? And it can be issues that you want, you're needing affirmation or acceptance. Or you just want to feed your flesh. You need a kissing partner. You've got some girls that want to get in relationships with boyfriends because they've got daddy wounds and their, their daddy never affirmed them. And so they're looking for affection in their boyfriend at 15, 14, 16, 12. And they get in these relationships because they're lonely. Let's just be, they, it may, uh, they need affirmation. Let's just face it, lust and sex. You got guys that keep scorecards of how many girls they've slept with. And it's a game to them. If it ain't for any other reason, guys, other than what God intended it to be, it's sin, it's wrong, you're going to have regrets. Let's be honest. Take a good look. You may have given in to some of these things and you've suffered as a result. You may think, well, I'm doing okay. But let me tell you right now, if you've not effectively dealt with these things, you may be in a relationship or going to be in a relationship. If you're not dealt with your heart, when you do find that right girl, you're going to have a lot of odds against you if you don't deal with some of these issues. Shall we keep going? Did somebody just say something? Yeah. You asked the question, you said yeah. Okay. Great. Let's keep going. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that the nature that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Marriages can reap what is sown in dating. This is evident when we look at the divorce rate among believers being as frequent as those in unbelievers. This is a fact. If disciples practice cultural norms. When forming relationships, then he, she must expect the same results. Disciples must consider whether or not today's trends in dating before marriage are truly God's best with no regrets. You reap what you sow. So, when it comes to the opposite sex, it's either going to be an issue of commitment of friendship versus temporary fulfillment of romance. When you're in a relationship with someone, guys... Some of you may have been single, maybe single now, especially young people as you guys are right now. You're dealing with a, we're dealing with a soul. What you do, what you don't do will have an effect on that person's life. Let's keep going here. Let's keep moving. Look at this soul search. Is this good so far, guys? Every once in a while, just give me like a yeah or a, Amen, and keep going. Ride that wave, baby. Just yes. anything. I, just, I need some affirmation. I don't want to be boring you, but this is the truth. This is real stuff, guys. Either you've dealt with it, you're going to deal with it, or you've got kids that you're going to have to deal with it. 2 Timothy 2.22 says this. It states this. Listen to this, guys. This is for every one of us in this room. It says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Let's just take the youthful out of it. Guys, I'm 50 years old and I still have a sex drive. Thank God. 
I'm not having to take pills to get that going, all right? And that's natural, that's normal, and that's healthy. But this stimulation of youthful lusts is when we allow the mediums of the world to either stimulate us prematurely to want to get out. Now let's get something straight. The lust of the flesh in and of itself is not sinful. Let's exchange the word lust for desire. Okay? We have God-given desires. The Bible says we're drawn away by the lust of our flesh to be tempted to have our desires and our needs met outside of the will and the timing of God. That's when it becomes sin. Is that understood? But this need of what we're talking about here is a God-given desire. But if you're not careful, there are plenty of things in the world, and these are a few of them we're going to get into, that will stimulate you to lust after things other than your wife or before you have a partner or a marriage, a wife. And if you're not careful... Your flesh will be drawn away by these temptations and a natural lust or a natural desire of your flesh. And I tell you what, if you've been in ministry any time or any length of time, and if you're just going to be honest and real, what I'm about to read off are real areas by which this scripture can come into play. It says, run from anything. And you have to be purposeful, guys, in this day and age. Soap operas. you got women... They're hooked on soap operas. They'll record the seasons right now. These days you can get it all on demand. You watch all this. And they're hooked on a fantasy world. Music. You got music so perverse, so sexually driven these days. Certain styles of music and genres more than others. But music is full of sexual perversion. And you know what I'm talking about. One particular genre which caters to a minority in this land. Not going to make any comments to what that is. You'll figure it out as far as race. But it's so sexually driven, their music, that it influences their people to engage in sexual activity to the point where they have the highest pregnancy, teenage pregnancy rate of any other race. Highest rate of abortion per capita. And you think it's no wonder when everyone's walking down, driving down the road with their favorite music. And you got all the effing words of fine, baby, I want to get you. And it's just, it's just full on pornography in the music. And you wonder why these kids, these are their idols, these are their heroes. This is what they pay good money to get this poison. And the fruit of that is seed that's been planted in the heart. They receive it and now they're cursed as a result. And it's not just them. It's any music, any race. It can have that effect. Music videos. I don't watch this stuff anymore. I don't even have TV. Okay, But there's plenty on the internet, guys. There's plenty on the internet. We ain't got there yet. But music videos. Back in the day when MTV showed up and... VH1, and you'd sit there, oh, this is really cool, man. You know, this, and it got more and more and more perverse to now you got Marley Cyrus doing concerts in the nude 
and people paying money to go see it. Anybody heard that? Molly Cyrus came out and said, I'm going to do a concert, I'm going to do it naked. I mean, how vulgar can you get? She really must need the attention. I tell you right now, her daddy is utterly ashamed and appalled. He didn't raise her to do this. He admits he made some mistakes to allow her to do things at a young age and be exposed to things at a very young age, and it destroyed her life, well, and he, he regrets it. Who was? Billy Ray. Well, I don't doubt it. Yeah, they were Pentecostal. You've got Katy Perry. Father was a pastor. Look at her. She is doing satanic occult rituals in her music. Beyonce. Beyonce. Music. This is a fact. This is what we have to deal with. When we're talking about seeds and roots and trees and fruit, this is what gets planted into your heart. You allow your ear gates to be filled with this garbage, it will poison you, it will bear bad fruit, and there will be regrets. How many, say, how many right here say, I don't want regrets? Avoid this stuff. Let's keep on movies. Movies full of crap, guys. They'll tell you how you're supposed to treat a woman. I mean, there's not many movies these days. They don't. I mean, I mean, I've gone to movies and you don't know fully what's in them, okay? And uh, you think, man, this is going to be a great movie. And it's a great storyline. Hardly no swearing at all, if any. And all of a sudden, it you know you've got. Senior citizens sit in there for the same reasons why you're in there. It's like maybe a, a war movie or something like that. And all of a sudden, a full-on sex scene's there, and you just want to, you turn around and you just want to hide. It's, why did you do that? You just ruined this movie. They just got to put it in there. You've been in those movies. I mean, you got to be careful. I mean, some movies I've gone to see never knew what I was getting into. I guarantee you, I wasn't going to tell nobody I saw that movie. There's movies I've had to get up and walk out of. I mean, just shock the paw. My wife and I are just, whoo, whoo. This is the world we live in. What are you letting your kids see? Romance novels. Pornography. This has been around for a very long time. It's gone from being simply in a magazine that some boy finds under his dad's bed to you can get on this phone and within 10 seconds you can be watching Full-on pornography movies and full on all the free nudie pictures you want. Free, right here. You don't have to go down the store and get the magazine. Guys, this is what you have to guard. I have to guard my heart. And you can be going to a site that's a, a, a simple news site that's got nothing to do with pornography and it's got hot Asian babes waiting to hook up on being advertised. It's like you've gone there to read something about the Pope or something, and you've got hot Asian babes, you've got half-naked women at the bottom, and it's like, I did, I did, this is where we live. This is, this is where we're at. Okay? Back years ago when AOL first came out and the internet, my goodness, you used to get emails, unsolicited emails by the dozen showing up in your inbox. And so I didn't go look at anything. I didn't get my email. I'm telling you guys, it's not only going to affect, this stuff don't only affect you, but your kids are getting onto the stuff. Yeah, it's going to get worse. What's already happening? Incest is going on in Christian families. 
more than you want to know. There's pastors out there committing incest. There's, there's visit, listen, I've heard of stories where, where traveling evangelists were doing their tour, staying with the pastor and his family in their home, and end up having their kids while he's staying in the home being molested by these men. So this is horrific. This, this, is, this is the reality. You say, well, that's an extreme. No, it's more common than you know. How does this happen? The devil is how it happens. And if you're not being real about this stuff, and you're not protecting yourself, you'll be next. Don't think you stand unless you fall. If you don't take very specific, intentional steps to guard your heart, guard your eyes, guard your guys, you'll fall into it. Internet chat rooms. Listen to this. I just dealt with a couple before I came to America. We were counseling, doing marriage counseling in Australia. Quite often, we're dealing with different families who are experiencing uh, different situations. In this one particular situation, this man was married, had three kids, was leaders in our church, and uh, his wife found out that he was on internet chat sites on Facebook chatting with women you shouldn't have been chatting with. Got found out, apparently stopped, and went right back into it again. And this time the wife had enough. She's ready to kick him out of the house, which she did. He had to stay with some families, one particular family, as we were helping them through this situation. The man had never been effectively, properly discipled, came to the Lord, was just thrown in the ministry without ever going through a process of working things out in his life. And as I sat down with this young man, this man, not young man, in his almost 40, and uh, began to hear the story and the patterns of his upbringing, didn't have discipline in the home, his mom and dad didn't have healthy relationship, Uh, someone was cheating in the home, and all the stuff he had been exposed to as a child, And it had effect on him in ways he never understood. And as I was able to share some principles with him and help him, right now that marriage has been saved. And uh, they're back together. He's really shipped up, really took a look within, connected with a good man that's discipling him, helping work through his issues. And it was all through this internet chat room, Facebook. You know, I get on Facebook. Listen, I've got friends. You've got friends, okay? And people try to friend you. Do you know how many times I've gotten friend requests from women on the internet? I I don't know these women. And these women are on there for the purpose of trying to entice men so they can hook up with them or sell them online porn or... This stuff's real. I've been... Try to be friends. Who is this woman? And I go in and look and see who, her fr- who the friends are. How in the world did it get my name? And did you realize, you know, who they were targeting? targeting? I've had this happen more than once, more than twice. More than once. They were targeting ministries and pastors and ministers. And I would see these guys on there. They're all pastors and ministry. And I'm thinking, and here's this girl, all this, you know, very skimpy. I'm thinking, who is this woman here? And I would message that woman. I said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You know exactly what you're doing. This is from the pit of hell. 
in the name of Jesus, you need to repent because the devil is going after ministries and he's going after pastors. And if you're not careful, he's going to get you. You know what I'm talking about. Has anybody had any of those? I just had that happen this week. They got my email somehow. And I looked at it and I said, I thought I would, me and my wife went out to eat and I got this email from this woman saying, I'm coming into town in two weeks. Uh, you know, send me a picture of you and this and that. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? Are you nuts? And I said, I said, honey, look at this here. She goes, just elude. I said, I always do. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm showing you some. I'm not hiding this. I don't know who this woman I mean, it's ridiculous. But it is an evil, perverse world. It is Sodom and Gomorrah. You say, well, it never happened to me. You better be careful. Guys, we need to walk in wisdom. We need to be aware of the enemy scheme. So let's keep going. Negative seeds sown by modern mediums can reap destruction in a disciple's relationships. Ooh, man, we're running out of time. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, but this is what God, Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to its full. Let's keep going. I'm running out of time, so I've got to keep going. Look at this challenge on the next page. Have you awakened love prematurely only to plant seeds that will reap a harvest of regrets, guys? Let's be real. Let's look at this. It says, love is a commitment maintained by the will, deliberately strengthened by habit. Dating tends to hide true character. I'm not going to go into that. Basically, what this talks about is, is that when two people, this is, this is amazing how this happens. You've got a young man and a young woman, they come together. And I tell you, you can put on a face for a season and pretend you're something you're not. And... Uh, it, if you don't give a relationship some time to really understand and get a picture of what the character of that person is, you can have some major regrets. You've got people that will get into a relationship and they think they're marrying this person and the moment they sign the deal, then you find out who they really are and everything changed. You know who that happened to? My son. My youngest son married a young lady which we did not approve of him marrying, but for the sake of the relationship, and me not break, huh? Better at church. But for the sake of not, if we had turned against this relationship and not given my son my blessing, my son at the time was not in a good frame of mind. He was somewhat rebellious in areas, making not wise choices. And he got pulled into a trap with a young lady. He met at church, church we were going to. Somebody who pretended to be something she wasn't. We had a bad feeling about it. Did you go to that wedding? Yeah, I sang it. And the moment he gets married, all hell breaks loose. And it was a very terrible ordeal that over a course of a year to two years. And a lot of pain, a lot of weeping, a lot of crying. She ended up having... Secret affairs, hooking up with guys, thought nobody knew, 
I got on the internet and found out who she was talking to. And uh, they went to marriage counseling and a Christian marriage counselor. And basically, within one session, he knew that this wasn't going to work. And she said, I want out of the relationship. I'm done. And it wasn't a couple weeks. She was hooked up with another guy. He met her at church. Good Christian, godly woman, right? Wrong. When you enter into a relationship, it takes time to figure out exactly who that person is and what you're really getting. And uh, if you have a person that has had a, a life past lifestyle of multiple relationships, it's a good, good, good chance that if you connect with that person, they don't get healed whole, set free, and they've not done some major repentance, you're going to have a lot of regrets. Let's keep going for the sake of time. I've got so many stories I could share with you, but for the sake of time, it's 7.33. I'm not going to be able to share some of those. Um, I want to get right into this emotional, physical ties. We talked about it just a little bit earlier, but let's hit this real quick. And... Daddy relationship can place single disciples in compromising situations. This is the truth. God desires man to be one with him and one with a mate. But the world perverts his standards by tempting us with opportunity to be one with many people. Due to the current cultural trends in establishing relationships, breaking up, forming new relationships, many people become emotionally, physically fragmented from this cycle. Many couples compromise God's standard of purity and holiness. As a result, this hinders them from having healthy relationships in the, present, in the present or in the future. They may be frequently reminded of a former girlfriend or boyfriend because they are tied to that individual way that God never intended. He designed physical and emotional intimacy for marriage, for married people. Genesis 2.24 states, For this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Let's go to the next page for the sake of time. Look at this real quick. Paul taught the dynamics of oneness in 1 Corinthians 6, 16. When he asked the Corinthians, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? When we sin sexually, we sin against our own bodies and grieve the Holy Spirit who resides in us. Did you get that? Our bodies are His temple and they belong to Jesus Christ. Disciples are not their own. You can read 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 1 Thessalonians 4.3 and 8. It warns that sexual involvement outside of marriage has grave consequences. Now, this is something my wife and I was discussing this afternoon. And we were talking about when Paul was addressing the Corinthians. The Corinthians were known to have a sex goddess by the name of Aphrodite. It was a Greek sex goddess. I'm trying to get this correct. Aphrodite. And they would have prostitutes, upwards to a thousand, that would be available in the temple. It was so common in that day that part of their religious worship, they worship, they go have sex with prostitutes. 
And he was warning the Corinthians to be careful. You unite yourself with a prostitute. You're involving God in this. There's a lot of sins we can commit, but sexual sins has grave consequences. And the Bible warns us very clearly that there is a connection that happens. It's scientific proof that when, hey, listen to this. When a man and woman connect sexually, listen. They, there is literally an exchange of DNA that takes place. This is a fact. This is a scientific fact that when a man connects with a woman, his DNA goes into that woman and becomes a part of who she is. There's something that happens spiritually. Now, what I'm going to do to illustrate this is something we do is that when you have two individuals, okay? The blue is the man and the orange is the woman. They just had sex. They just did something that in the confines of marriage is holy. It is worship unto God. Do you know that worship is anything that we do that is done in the intent that God created it to function? That's worship. Guys, when you're making love to your wife, let's get real. It's worship. It brings honor to God when it's done in covenant and it's done in the marriage vows, it's blessed. Outside, it's not blessed. There's consequences and the enemy will... This is what happens. When two become one, if you try to separate the two, there's a real problem here. Give it a go. This is what happens. Try to separate that, separate that there. What's happening? What's happening with it? It's stuck together. Pass it on. Let's see if anyone else can have a go. See if you can get that apart. Have a go at that. I'm going to keep going for the second time. So, they're emotional and physical ties. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you an opportunity. We're going to have a fire pit. And what you're going to do, you may be and we've had many married couples do this. And what happens is, guys, if you've had multiple partners in the past, even been married in the past, and you may be in a, a relationship that's in right standing, you're married, it's a good thing. But this is what can happen emotionally when you have emotional, physical ties. You can have a song come on the radio that reminds you of when you were with that woman. You can smell a perfume that she used to wear in a department store and here comes the memories flooding back. And you ain't thinking about your wife. You're thinking about that woman. You can be, guys, you're old enough to hear this, but you can be intimate with your wife and your mind can be somewhere else. And it ain't holy and it ain't worship. And unless you break these emotional and spiritual ties, then you could be haunted and tormented and troubled by memories, thoughts that are not of God, and you don't have to be tormented with those. I believe God can heal you. He can restore you. What was taken from you can be given back, and God is in the business of fixing people. And he can fix you even if you've done all the wrong things and you've suffered regrets he can fix you. And we're going to give you an opportunity.
to take and write down. And I've had guys do this and sing great freedom. And again, we're talking, some guys write initially, say, well, how many, just put, how many you can remember? 40, 50. Sometimes two, sometimes there's none. If the shoe don't fit it, don't do it. I'm not trying to do something, trying to make something out of nothing. But if you want to, you're going to read these prayers right here. What we've got here is you're going to take time to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. And what we'll do is we'll take, um, did you bring any sticks or anything? Or a, You got wood. What we'll do is we'll take, we'll take a piece of paper and just write it on the paper. We're going to start a fire. Write the initials down. You don't even have to write the names. This is between you and God. We don't need to know your business. And you feel like there's somebody that you've had, not a, not a sexual encounter, but you got maybe physical more than you should have. It almost went sexual. You got some sort of emotional tie. Write that name down and let's give it to the Lord. Let's say, God, whatever, if there's anything in me that I, that I took from that person shit now, I give it back in Jesus' name. Anything to, because listen, when you find that right, miss, right one, you want to give all yourself to her, right? Not 25%, not 10%, 100% you want to be one with that woman. And I tell you, it is a beautiful thing. I am more in love with my wife in 32 years than I could ever dream of being. I just love my wife. I went to New York this week, was gone for, I just miss my wife. And it ain't the reason why you're thinking. I just miss her companionship. I look at her and I say, honey, you're the prettiest thing ever. I just want to give you a cuddle. I mean, I'm cuddling and kissing my wife. I mean, talking 20, 30 times a day. I say, honey, I just got to get another cuddle from you. You just, oh. I'm t- you can have that relationship. I'm, I'm dead serious. I say, honey, am I smothering you with my love? Should I, should I, oh, no, don't stop. I, I, I like it. I mean, we're acting like we're 18 years old. And it could happen. I'm dead serious. But God, he may need to heal you because you may be still waiting. That's fine. But there's things you can do while you're waiting. And we're going to come back to this soul tie thing. And you're going to do this at the end. But I'm going to continue and finish up. And then we'll revisit that. We'll dismiss. We'll set up a little fire. Whoever wants to do it can do it. If you don't want to, that's fine. But let's continue. Focus and singleness. Guys, we got to be focused. If you guys are single, young men, you need to be patient. You need to take the word of God seriously when it says, guys, anybody else single? Zach, when it says, do not awaken desire before it's time. If you're not ready to have babies, get out of mom and dad's roof, out the roof, get a job. And be able to support a woman, you better be careful because you're going to end up regrets. You say, well, I'm just doing everything. The you're not. I'm just telling you. The devil's going to eat your lunch. Focus is simple. Listen, as disciples, we must evaluate our current belief, goals, needs, attitudes support dating by the truth of God's word. Listen to what Romans 12, 1, 2 says, and I'm about to finish up. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies... What do I do while I'm waiting on God? What do I do when I'm waiting for that woman? It says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 
Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. A disciple's focus should always be their relationship with God. And their role as an ambassador of reconciliation in his kingdom. As singles, without the responsibility of a spouse or family, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 7, 32 and 34, says this. That there is an increase in your potential for greater service to God and his work. Guys, while you're waiting, serve God. Be busy for him. They say idleness is the devil's playground. Let me tell you, that's the truth. Idleness can be the devil's playground even when you're married. You're sitting around the house, flicking through the channels, flicking through internet, and you're getting lazy, and you don't stay busy, keep your mind focused on the right things. Temptation's waiting. Be busy serving God, and more likely your mind will be focused on the things of the kingdom, and the enemy's going to have less chance to trip you up. This is the truth. Contentment in singles. It is important that we find contentment in singles so that we can be content in marriage. Philippians 4, 4 through 11. Paul said he, could lend, he learned to be content in whatever circumstances he was in. He found joy and peace even in the most difficult circumstances. Listen to what Psalms 37, 4 and 5 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. If you believe God is in control, then in timing he will bring your spouse. There's no need to worry or get out of God's timing. He is divinely orchestrating all that concerns you, his disciple. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, He knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us, Plans to give us a hope and a future. Now listen to this. This is something through the years I've said over and over again. God's, if you're waiting for that little, that miss, right. God knows where she's at. And if you wait on him and his timing and for his best, and you don't surrender to and yield to the lust of the flesh and be tempted to give in for God's less than best, then that, God knows who you need. He knows where she's at. And I know Carl, we sat down with him last night, and him and Diane, and they told us their whole story out of how him and Diane met in China and how God just orchestrated that whole thing, right? Absolutely amazing. You say, well, <coughs> was this an accident? Try to tell them that. No way. God did it. Did you not, Carl? God did it. Is she your woman? There ain't no other woman for you. I tell guys, I said, listen, if I had to go to Africa and find my wife hiding under a rock, I would have gone to Africa and found her hiding under a rock. Because I'm telling you right now, that woman was for me. And you got to trust God. You may not be in a position where you can handle a woman right now, guys, because you need to get your stuff together. Because when you do find her, you don't want to run her. You don't want her to run away from you, do you? Because you got all this junk and bondage. I think that's the key, Barry. I mean, every week, Christy and I go to marriage counseling, and the reason it, it seems like things lead to divorce is because of baggage brought in from both sides. The 
so tied up. It's just cutting loose of some baggage. Less baggage you bring, two people bring in, I mean, the better chances of the, the freedom of yep. and, and the whole thing. And the right time to start courting is it? It's not when you're in middle school or high school. It's not even when you feel like you've got a good job. That's not the right. The right time to start courting is when God brings that person. That's exactly right. Now, I want to correct something real quick. Soul ties is not, all, all, it's not only have to do with a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an ex-wife. You're going to have unhealthy soul ties with moms, dads, friends, brothers, sisters. It's anybody that has an unhealthy hold on your life that has the ability to manipulate you or control you and you act out of fear or a man-pleasing spirit because of that relationship. And you can have mom-in-laws get in the mix of a marriage and instead of the daughter leaving and cleaving or it can be a father-in-law, there's a hold and a tie of that parent instead of letting go of your child they're still manipulating, controlling, and that kid, that child is married and supposed to be one with her husband or wife is always catering to mommy and daddy or a friend, an unhealthy friend. You can have friendships that, that are unhealthy. It doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be perverted. It's just unhealthy. And if you can identify any of those relationships, look, it's a good time to write their name down and say, God... Break this thing in my life. I don't want to be controlled by anyone. Don't matter if it's a past relationship or a, a, a natural tie. It can, if it's unhealthy, it needs to be broken. I'm not saying show disrespect and honor to your parents and, being, and reject someone. I'm just saying don't let anybody hold you in bondage and manipulate and control you and interfere with your relationship with your husband and wife. You understand what I'm saying? And it happens. I can tell you right now, I got married to my wife. <clears throat> I left, I lived and claimed. And when it when there was family issues in my family and there was disagreements and misunderstandings, I supported my wife no matter what. And I, and I love my parents. And they're good godly people and we don't deal with the issues we did maybe 20 years ago. I mean, it is it's amazing how God can do a work in your life, right? Thank God. But when it comes to standing with your partner and your, your, your wife or your husband, hopefully nobody in here has got husbands, <clears throat> leave and cleave. Support one another. Is this good? We're going to end up here. For preparation and character for marriage, I'm going to read this real quick. In your single years, it's a time to grow in character, Christ-likeness. Prepare for your future. 1 Peter 1, 13, 15 says, The disciple must be holy, preparing their minds for action, being mentally alert, being aware of the enemy's schemes, and being self-controlled. That's a big one, self-control. <coughs> it's a fruit of the Spirit. They must be disciplined to say to no, no to ungodliness. 
and set their hope fully on the grace to be given them when Jesus Christ is revealed. Godly character is, is based on the absolute standard of God's truth, which does not waver. If in a disciple's relationship, godly character will be essential for a solid foundation. Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's a big one, guys. You need to pray for that every day. Some of you need to pray for that every hour. Because you've got problems with self-control. I have to pray for self-control. The fruit is evident of a godly character which is indispensable in marriage. In addition, godly character is not just for marriage, but for all existing relationships. Here's a great challenge right here. When faced with the option of dating someone, consider the following questions to ask yourself to determine the intentions of your heart. How might this affect my life and others in the future? How's it going to affect you getting in a relationship? If it's for the wrong reasons, it will have an impact. Am I thinking only of myself and my needs, or do I truly care about the other person? Again, if you're going out with a, a, a young lady for not the intentions of marriage, you're, you're playing with someone else's wife, future wife. You're stealing from someone. You're touching property that does not belong to you. Will this glorify God? Will this cause someone to stumble? Am I trusting the Lord? Will this relationship change my focus from one that is God-centered to one that is self-centered? Challenge. What are you sowing in relationships, good seed or bad seed? It's always, always your choice. What I shared earlier about some of our family members. He made a choice. And his choice not only affected him, but it put rejection on his wife. You know his wife said? Beautiful girl. Did nothing wrong. What's wrong with me? They've got to run off with this woman. What's wrong with me? Can you see the pain that this one choice, this, this act of the lust of the flesh has affected his wife, his kids, have the questions now. Why can't daddy love my mommy? What's, what's daddy doing wrong? Or why isn't mommy loving daddy that he's got to run off and he can't come home no more? Do you imagine the confusion on seven or eight year old? My niece said they showed, she showed up at the house to visit and the young boy answers the door and because she was the sister of the daddy and his disappointment with the father, the moment she saw her, she associated her with her father and being disappointed with his dad, she said all he could do was open the door and hang his head down and wouldn't even look at her in the face. Facts the kids, parents, crying, going to the job site and was told, you've got to get your act together. So distraught. Had to break the news to my other family members. And the, the, the crying and the wailing and the grief 
all because of a momentary pleasure one choice made. And I guarantee you, he'll live the rest of his life with regrets. The rest of his life. And so this is a great admonishment, guys. I don't care if you're single. I don't care if you're 12, 14, 15, 17, 55, 62. Same principles apply. God's looking for godly character. He's looking for godly men that will be committed to him, his word, committed to his covenant if you're in relationship and to prepare you for who God has for you and meanwhile to be content and focus on the kingdom and waiting patiently and let God work things out in your life so that when little Miss Wright comes along, not only does she need to be a godly woman but she deserves to have a whole man that has not been perverted by past relationships and a worldly system of lies and deceit, pornography, a wrong perception of who she is. She wants a whole man and she wants a godly man. Is that not good stuff? You don't think she deserves that? She deserves it. You have a responsibility to be that man. Good? I like it. I like it a lot. How many of y'all like it? I like it a lot. So what we're going to do, either you can take a piece of paper, uh, I don't, do we have any paper around anywhere? You've got that fire, right? Is it, where is it at? Let's set it up. And while you're setting it up, anybody, let's find some pieces of paper, guys. This doesn't have to be an embarrassing thing. It doesn't have to be a strange thing. If you want to participate in this, read what the instructions we've given you. Write those initials down. And go out there and have a little prayer time with God. And God say, God, restore to me anything in my heart. It's been taken. I give it back. I take back. Just follow the instructions of that, um, that challenge or that soul search to break emotional and physical ties. You can do this at the house too. You don't have to do it here. You can do it at home. Thanks for coming out, guys.